The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Susie Brock is the special guest speaker. When they called me up and said, could, Mom, could you come and talk on hearing God's voice? I said immediately, I'm like, oh, you should have Dad do that. And then Amy said, oh, Mom, we just want something more elementary. Okay, thank you, I think. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, this is the truth. I really kind of glory in that because there's this one passage in Corinthians, and I love it, and it's when Paul says to the Corinthians, he said, listen, I really am scared for you guys. This would be like the revised Susie version or the message, one or the other. He said, I really fear for you guys because I fear that you have forgotten the simplicity that's in Christ. And really, truthfully, I know that we all, it's always this thing of how do we hear the voice of God and does somebody know the secret? But it is so simple and it is so available and so beautifully perfect to everybody who wants to hear God's voice. And the truth is, God is talking all the time. You know, I've often said it in more elementary method, young teens that have just come to know Jesus or something, and, I, and they'll say, oh, I just feel like I'm in a desert and God never talks to me. And, and I've said things like, God's talking, but sometimes as you're moving away, it's like a radio in a car. You're moving out of reception, but he's there. But it's probably not that so much as it is, is that you just aren't familiar with the sound of his voice. And I think that's basically the only way you can come to know. Listen, there's a day I'm speaking, believing in my heart that, and I don't know everybody. We're not here a lot, so we're just here once in a while. Not knowing everybody, to those that know Christ, to, to those that had that one day where you asked Jesus to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior, he came. Okay? That's just all there is to it. And if you think he didn't come, well, you're wrong. He's not a liar. And he's not going to turn into one to satisfy your need, you know, to be rejected or whatever, self-loathing. He just doesn't do that. But he came. And when he comes, you become his child. And he talks. It says this. And there's this one scripture, and everybody knows this. John 10, 27 says, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. They know it. And the only way you can ever come to know anybody's voice is by shared time. You know, Tom and I have been married for 42 years. If Tom calls me up and sneezes before he says a word, I say, hi, honey, because I know his sneeze. I know, I know every sound he makes. That's from shared time, shared experience. Something we're always preaching on is shared experience breeds intimacy. It's not rocket science. There's no, I'm going to go to this conference and they're going to teach me how to know God. They're going to teach me how to hear his voice. Listen, you're going to know his voice when you read his word. Back in, I don't know, I think it was the 90s, I got to uh, teach at College Heights Christian School. Anybody ever heard of that school? It's over there on Telegraph, I think. And I remember for a while as a Bible teacher there and had this little kid come up to me and he's like, Mrs. Brock, you always say that you talk to God, but I never hear him. And I'm like, Jacob, it's fine. He wrote it all down. And that's what it is. It's knowing his voice. But see, the whole thing about God is, and what I love about him, you know, when we sing these songs, guys, and Noah's up here pouring his heart out, when you start thinking about the verses, like, God, there's no one like you. There's no one like you. When you start getting that understanding, you sing differently. You see everything differently. Because you, you begin to realize, wait a minute, why am I coming to this meeting? Tom always jokes, he says, when, you know, you think about Christianity, we come here, it says, this is his thing, I'm stealing it from him right now. He says, you can't smoke, you can't chew, you can't hang around with those that, that do, and it costs you 10%. Okay, that doesn't sound like good news. It's always like, go to the Rotary Club, it's cheaper. 
But you know what? That's not, we don't come for any other reason, really. We want community, but you can get community at Made West. You know why we come? Because apparently all of us have this deep longing and searching to know God better. And throughout the, the Bible, throughout Old Testament, New Testament, over and over and over again, it says this, if you look for me, I'll be found by you. It's a promise. Listen, 7,498 promises in the Word of God. One of them is this. All the promises are yes and amen to those who believe. All of them. So it's your promise. It's my promise. So when you seek after God, when you look for him, you're going to find him. Here's the problem is when we don't seek. I can't lay hands on you and say, okay, I'm just going to pray, Troy, that you hear the voice of God. I, I'm going to pray, Troy, that you seek God, that you get hungry for God, that, that you know him better. And when Troy goes after God and he spends time and he answers his calls and he reads his word and he talks to him every day, guess what's going to happen? Troy's going to know God's voice better. It's just the way it is. Hosea 6.6, 6, I love this. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want your burnt offerings. If you've ever looked up, know God, or I want you to know me, or whatever, and you, Google's amazing now. Back in the old days, I had to carry a concordance. Now it's like I just Google scriptures. But whenever you look through the Bible, whenever you look up the word seek, over and over and over again, God says, if you look for me, I'll be found by you. If you seek me, I'll, I won't hide from you, over and over. When it says knowing God, over and over and over, it's this passionate and plea of a living God saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know my voice. I want you to know who I am. You know, when you think of the things that Jesus said, when he said, listen, I'm telling you, I am the way, and I am truth, and I am life. Why do we come? Because we want truth, and we want life. We, we want, you know, everybody in the hipster world now, it's all about the word authentic. Oh, my gosh, you want to talk about somebody authentic? It was Jesus. He's like, no, I am the authenticity you're looking for the real deal. I don't want to, you know, do you want to be in darkness? I don't want to be in darkness. Jesus said, that's okay because I'm light. And when you come after me, you're going to find light. Listen, when I am going through something, I want to know, God, what do I do? As you get into the word, guess what happens? I start knowing what to do. It just comes. You know, all of a sudden, those words I've read, the time I've spent, when the Bible says this, hey, pray without ceasing. You know what that's saying? You know what prayer is? spiritual word for talking to God. God says to you and me, I just want you to pray without ceasing. You know what he's saying? I want to communicate with you nonstop. I want to be with you all the time. Colossians 127, awesome, awesome scripture. And it's that moment where it says this, and in here I'm going to give you the um, nutshell version, and basically it says all of this that I'm saying, you can look it up later. It says, listen, there used to be a secret, and one day God said, I want you to know the secret. I want everybody to know the secret, and the secret is this, Christ comes in you. He comes in you. And this Christ Jesus being inside of you assures you that you'll share in all the glory that there is, all of God's glory. Glory, another big spiritual word. What is that? It's everything. It's everything he is. It's healing and deliverance and freedom and peace and joy and kindness. It is all the attributes that God is coming and living inside of you. 
in John, there was this one moment where Jesus goes to his disciples, and these guys walk with Jesus every day. Imagine this, love personified in your midst. Every day they're walking with them. And then one day he says, listen, it's going to be better if I go away. What? There's no way. There's no way that could be true. But he said it is true. Because if I go away, my spirit comes and lives in you. And it is the great advantage of being a Christian. It's what we have. It's why we spend our life telling other people, or we should be telling other people. It's the cure to loneliness. It's the cure to everything that man longs for, is a living, loving God. In fact, if you've ever read 1 John, I love John. John was passionate about Jesus. He adored him. And sometimes when you read the scripture, I think you and I, I forget, these are living, breathing people that were writing impassioned pleas on paper to be carried on. It says they were inspired by the presence of God within them. And when you read from 1 John, and John just goes off. If you, if you just stopped for a minute and read that scripture with the passion in his voice, he's screaming out to you and me, God love people. He's love, and when he's in you, the love is in you, and the love motivates your life, and it drives your life, and it takes you further in your life, and it conquers darkness, and it conquer, conquers loneliness. It conquer, conquers sickness. That word's hard to get through. Think about that. That's amazing to me. I was reading in John 14, and it's, it's that moment, and Jesus is talking to his guys, and this is coming up to the moment where he's going to tell them, hey, it's better if I go away because I'm going to send you somebody who's going to be with you all the time. Jesus in the flesh couldn't be with you all the time. It was only when you were in his presence. But Jesus, crucified on the cross, who died and came back, is with us all the time. It's amazing. Um, just a little sideline. You know, a lot of times Tom and I will be on planes, or um, recently we went down to Malibu, and Tom had done a memorial down there for a surf surfer right at, the, right at the main point where the, you know, where the pier is and everything. And when the memorial happened and Tom shared a little bit about the Lord, some of the surfers came up that didn't know the Lord and said, could you come back here and tell us more about this? It's like every preacher's dream, right? It's like we wait all our life for people to come forward. What must I do to be saved? It's like, are you kidding me? We'll come back. We'll be there. So Tom and I go down, and, and um, we set up with this little awning and our little pad, and it's just Tom and I. And it felt weird and awkward and horrible, and I felt like one of those crazy Jesus freaks that I used to be and that I actually still am, but I like to be more dignified now. And I'm like, and then Tom made a sign, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? Don't make a sign. And, and he put out the sign, and I felt like the guy with the megaphone on the corner. It's like, I hate those guys. It's like, you're ruining it for us. You're so weird. And all of a sudden, I felt so weird. But Tom's like, well, how are they going to know if we don't put a sign out? I guess you're right. They're not just going to... Hey, come up. You look like you're shining, which I always think, well, that's how it should be. That does happen to me sometimes. So anyways, we put our sign out, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm praying, and, and I just said, this is my deal with God. I don't like to be a space invader. I don't want to get in people's faces. I don't like it when they do it to me. Those guys at the mall that pass out the cream, no. I go like a half mile around. I'll go the back of the mall to avoid those guys. Don't, don't want to talk to you. Don't want your cream. I know what you're going to do. And that's how people feel with us. 
So I don't want to do that to people. So my deal with God is, no, the Bible says this, no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. So I'm like, Lord, you draw him in, I'll take him from there. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Come on, God, follow me, I'll do it. But, you know, I want the Lord to draw people into me. Well, the other day we're down there and we got our little thing. Oh, this is so awkward. Two surf chicks walked by carrying their boards. They were older, more mature. And they walked by and they kind of laughed at us and they went, oh, is this the God tent? And I'm like, yeah, come on in. You can get some. And they're like, ah, we're going to go out and see God out there. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is dreadful. People just making fun of us. And then so I just prayed. I said, Lord, you want to draw them to me. I, I want, I'll share the love of God with them. Just, I'll share your love. Just bring them to me. And all of a sudden, not kidding, this lady, um, like, we, so we have the tent. It was one of the hottest days on the beach ever and all of a sudden she literally this is me and she literally oh I was like she was transported <laughs> I had just prayed that I had just prayed God if you send them to me I will share your love and she literally I'm like hi and anyways it's a long story I can't get into the whole time thing I don't have the time but she she ends up she says something to me about the way I don't know if anybody's ever heard about the way of Camino de Santiago, the, you know, the, this little pilgrimage people take in Spain. I had just studied it. So she plops down. She says something, you know, sorry, my feet were hot. I needed some shade. I said, hey, I've got some ice water. Grab, grab some ice water. And, and she goes, well, I shouldn't be complaining about my feet because I just did the way. And I'm like, the way of St. James? And she's like, what? How do you, you're, you're in Malibu. How do you know about the way of St. James? We end up talking. I'm like, grab a seat. She sits down. She opens her water. Three hours later, we've talked about God. She doesn't know God, doesn't want to know God. God is her uncle Tito. I don't understand. I, I literally, at that point, I'm like, okay, I don't think he's your uncle Tito. I'm pretty sure he's not your uncle Tito. And she says, well, God is whatever I make God to be. And I said, well, okay, fair enough, if that's what you believe. But this is why I chose my God, and this is why I chose Jesus, because he's the only God that came back to get me. And she said, what? I said, yeah, I mean, Buddha didn't come back to get me. Nobody else died for me. Nobody came back and promised that they would live my life with me. I choose him. And she said, I never heard that. That makes sense. You should choose him. You would love him. He's amazing. And you know, that's what it is. It's like when you know that truth, you're going to speak that truth. It's not like I'm not trying to get a notch on my belt. I'm not trying to get another, you know, I'm not going to get any closer into heaven for telling somebody about Jesus. I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to know him. What is not to love about a God who is all mercy, kindness, forgiveness, every fruit you can think of, that's him. Amen. It's like, come on, people, know him. So anyways, you go, to, you go to John 14, and Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. you got to trust in me, trust in God, and trust in me. This is Jesus. He's looking at real people. He's saying, don't be afraid. Trust God. Trust me. That God who is all those things lives, rules, and reigns over your household. That's great, right? Open up the windows of heaven, Lord, and pour out blessings till there's no more need. The Bible says this, if you put me first, everything you need will come after me. That was Jesus talking. He says, listen, it is my heart. In fact, in John 10, 10, it says this, I came and died and conquered death and paid the price so that you could have a life that is rich, full, and satisfying. You know, there's another scripture that says this. If you're a parent and your child asks you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone? Of course not. 
This is the God we serve. He's worth serving, right? So if I spoke that, did I hear God's voice? Absolutely I heard God's voice because that is his word and that's his truth and that's how he would speak. So in this passage, I take a lot of rabbit trails, it's fine. So Jesus is talking to him, he's like, guys, don't be afraid, put me first, the whole thing. And then he's going on and he says, I prepared a place for you and, and where I'm going, you can't come now, but you can come later. And then, and then Thomas, remember Thomas, doubting Thomas? He says this, the Lord says, you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas goes, no, we don't. We don't know where you're going. I mean, it's just so funny. It's us. The Lord says to you and I, you know the way. I told you. I put it in your heart. You know I'm it. You know the way you're going. Follow me. And then we're like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I, no, I don't know. And this is Thomas who was walking with Jesus. He's freaking out. We don't know what to do. Jesus says, Thomas, I'm the way. Isn't that us? Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. Susie, I'm the way. Relax. Don't freak out. Don't be troubled. I am the way. I'm in you. I'm with you. Not leaving you. Not abandoning you. I'm a constant help in times of trouble. All those things I'm saying, guys, you know why I know? Because I just read the word. It's not rocket science. I can't make you know it. You got to know it. You got to look for him. You got to talk to him, right? So then he says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life, Thomas. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he reassures them, you, you have me. I'm with you. You're going to the Father. Then he goes down a little farther into verse 9. And, and Philip now is kind of complaining. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and then we'll be satisfied. Have you ever done that? Years ago, when Tom and I were first married, like eons ago, a long time ago, and I was one year into marriage, and I was really happy. I'm like, I love my husband, and I love God, and I'm so I was like ready to implode with happiness. And to, to such a point that I'm driving in my car, and I'm thanking God, and I'm thanking God, and I'm thanking God. And all of a sudden, I had to pull over the car because I realized I'm not even paying attention. I pull over the car, and I said, Lord, if you would just, this is Star Trek days. This is when Star Trek was big. I said, Lord, if you could just beam down, just beam down really quick and let me hug you and kiss you. I swear I won't write a book and I won't tell anybody. It'll just be completely our secret. And in that moment, I remember the Lord saying, Susie, show me by the way you love Tom. Now, pretty sure it was Tom in the back seat. What he said, it did sound, Susie, show me by the way you love Tom. <laughs> but you know, it's moments like that, the voice of God. You know, when you think of something faster than you could, like God speaks to you faster than you could make it up in your mind? I know that was God. What a simple, beautiful truth. Like, oh, okay. Oh, I get it. That's how we demonstrate your passion, your truth, your love. The, you know, first four, uh, you know, commandments in the Bible are about us and him. The next six are about us, me, me and you. That's what they're about. It's the love of God. And so then Jesus says to Philip, because Philip's like, hey, show me the Father. Show me the Father. You know, like me. If you could just show, if the Father could just beam down, it could just be our little discipleship, you know, secret. And then the Lord's like, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? And I think that's where it's at. At some point in our lives, for me, I've known the Lord a long time. Maybe you're just starting this journey. 
But what I would tell you about knowing the voice of God is you got to go after him. You got to, love is always a pursuit. 42 years of marriage, listen, our 42 years have not always been easy. We've had some major bumps. But you know what? We always learn whenever we lose each other is we go after each other again. It's always a pursuit. Love is always a pursuit. You know, I, my mom, my mom's sitting right there, best mom in the whole world. You know, my mom pursues me. I get busy and I'm doing everything. She calls me. How are you? What are you doing? I pursue her because I realize if I don't pursue her, then, you know, all of a sudden our relationship is distant. Love is always pursuit, but it is the same thing with Jesus. You have to go after him. It's not going to happen on a one-hour message on a Sunday morning. Jesse, Pastor Jesse gets up here, and you know what he does? He points you towards the cross of Christ. He gets up here and he says, Jesus, look, there he is. Go after him. This is what all ministers do. Our job is that we get you looking towards the cross. You gotta go there. You got we are just like parking attendants. You know, go there, go this way, this direction. And because when you get there, you find out the truth. And the truth sustains you. The truth sets you free. The truth delivers you. The truth is light and it causes the darkness to disperse. I don't want to sit in darkness. I don't like it when I see people sitting in darkness. It breaks my heart. It's learning how, you know. Uh, Zechariah, and I think it was, um, I think it was John chapter one when, when the Lord comes upon you know Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they're going to have John the Baptist, and finally you know we know the whole story. John the Baptist gets shut up because he kind of doubted God, and he's just silent through the whole pr pregnancy nightmare, and then all of a sudden John is born, and his mouth is opened up, and John just begins prophesying. I think probably because what. Zechariah, Zechariah. Zechariah begins to prophesy, and I think it was all the, the nine months of completely being shut up and having nobody to talk to but God, like, was a great result, because all of a sudden he opens his mouth, and this crazy, beautiful prophetic word comes forth, and part of the prophetic word was, is that John would, would bring light to those that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, and this is why Christ came, to bring us light when we sit in darkness, and sometimes when you're a believer, you sit in darkness. You don't belong in darkness. I don't belong in darkness. Nobody belongs in darkness. He came to be light, to give us light, to be a constant help in times of trouble. Psalm 910, those who know your name trust you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those that search for you. Listen, you look for him, you'll find them. You'll be passionate. Now, I know, you know, you go to different churches, and we go to lots of different churches, and we get, go to some churches, and they're crazy in the wild, and they're bouncing off the ceiling, and it's like the love languages. Remember Gary Smalley's book, The Love Languages? I didn't buy it. I read the back cover. Five love languages. I read them all. It's like, got it. There you go. So, sorry, Gary. But, you know, people's love languages and how you worship. If you're quiet, um, we went to our son's church, and um, the pastor gets up, and he said, okay, all the extroverts stand up. And of course, all us extroverts, you know, we're standing up. And then we're ready. We're ready to go. Because we think the next thing he's going to say is, then he goes, okay, all you introverts, and, then, and us extroverts are like, we're going to get them. We're going to love them. We're going to like smother them. We're going to hug them. And then he says, all you introverts, stay seated. Extroverts, leave them alone. I'm like, what? 
much more needs a hug, you know? I mean, but see, you know what? I love that because that pastor knew for all of us, we have different, we're different. We're different children. We're different people. We have different love languages with God. When worship's going on, I'm like, I, I just want to raise my hands. If I go to a U2 concert, I raise my hands. And you know what? So does everybody else. I've seen them. Are they all Christians? No, they're like, they're like this. They're excited. That's me. You need to be who you are. You need to learn to hear the voice of God. You're not going to hear his voice until you get to know him. And he says, I want you to know me. Deuteronomy, last one, says this. Listen, the word is in your heart. It's in your mouth that you should do it. As you seek for him, he will be found by you. Get into the word. Google scriptures. Get different versions. Eat it and find out what his voice sounds like. And then sometimes it's going to be just not the, um, the scriptures that pop up in your mind. It's like, I, you know, the crazies that come on TV and they've murdered somebody and they're like, God told me to do it. Yeah, no, he didn't. It's not in the word. In fact, it says not to do that so it wasn't God. That's how you know the voice of God. Simple, right? Elementary? Is it elementary? It is elementary. That's how you know the voice of God. But then you're going to go further. You're going to have moments when you're praying for somebody, and all of a sudden, you just, you just get something. You know, I saw a lady the other day. Me and Bella were at a women's conference, and, you know, she stood up, and she shared something. And when she stood up, I'm like, Deborah, Deborah, the judge Deborah. I couldn't stop thinking about Deborah. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. So I thought, I, well, why am I thinking this? What's the point? And the Lord's like, I, why, why do you think I'm putting it in your heart, Susie? Because I need you to go talk to her. I go, I call her out, and I said, hey, you're a Deborah. You're somewhere between the lamp making, which, by the way, is how Deborah started her life, being married to a lamp maker. She wasn't rich or famous. She loved God. And somehow it got her from the lamps to the palm. And I'm like, you are on your way from the lamp to the palm, and you're almost there. The lady burst out crying, and I'm like, which whenever you're a preacher and you give a word, that's like, oh, thank God, I'm not going to get stoned today. And she's crying, and, and, and everybody came up afterwards, and she came up, and she's like, I'm a lawyer on my way to being a judge. And I'm like, yes, isn't that awesome? Now, was that to make me feel good? No, it was a signpost for her. Honey, I see you. I know what you're doing, and I'm telling you, you're on the right path. That's what the word of God is for. And that's what we're to do, is to be those vehicles. God, you want to talk to somebody? Hey, here I am, God, send me. What a privilege and what, a, what an honor to serve God that way. Jesus said, listen, I'm not calling you slaves. You're not my minions. That's what Jesus said, but he didn't use the word minions. He'd never seen the movie. You're not my minions. He said, listen, you're my friends in everything. I live in you, and everything the Father shares with me, I actually want to tell you, and I love that, and I love that I get to do that, and you should love that you get to do that, and you should walk in the door every time, not fearing what do people think about me. You should walk in this door saying, hey, God, let's do this. Is there anybody that you'd like to hug or love or encourage or speak positively to? I'd be happy to deliver that for you, and that will change your life, I promise you. Hearing God's voice will change your life. So let's pray. Father, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love who you are. I love what you do. And I choose you every day because you're worth choosing. But I thank you, God, that you chose me, that you chose us. And Father, I just pray this. 
would you just quicken to every heart in this room a hunger and a desire? Would you woo every heart in this room to draw close to you, to take the time to be with you? And I just, you know, I, I have to say this. I'm going to stop my prayer for a minute. I feel like this is the word, you know. The Lord want, is wooing you. He's calling you. You need to answer the call. Pick up the phone. Show up in those, even if it's stolen kisses through the day, that you remember he's a constant presence in your life. And he wants you to remember that he's a constant presence in your life. Bless each one in each heart. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Susie Brock was the special guest speaker. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That address again, N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.